0: Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. So, Michelle Poehler, welcome to today's show. Happy to have you on today.
1: Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So.
0: Uh, you have a book that's called Hello Fears Crush Your Comfort Zone and Become Who You're Who You're Meant to Be Um, and it was what was the premise of the book I kind of know but for our for our viewers and for our listeners what was the premise of your book
1: so I was able to um, like figure out what are the 10 fears that stop people from actually uh, living their best life and like being happy that's mm. it. Like you want to be happy. We have. We all want to be happy. Yes. But for some reason, we, we, we don't make it happen. For, not for some reason. For ten reasons. For ten ten reasons, reasons that I. It's one every book. One one reason is every, one. You know, chapter of the book. Right. Right. So, for example, A fear for every we have. Yes, so um, cha- I started writing chapter three for some reason. It's the first one that <laughs> came to my mind. It's like a, a one that I really, I think it's really important. It's, it's called Hello Society. So I talk about how society's expectations, um, you, you know, that we mm. put on ourselves is one of the main things that actually don't help us achieve our own happiness. We wanna pursue somebody else's happiness, somebody mm. else's definition of success, society's definition of success. And we forget about asking ourselves, what is success for me? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I even consider su- success? And so it's a full chapter on how to just look inside and, st- and stop looking to the side and stop trying to please everybody Start start pleasing yourself. That is one of the main things that will get you closer to your happiness In chapter four it's called Hello You and it's all about stop the comparison, stop looking around just to try to do things like everybody else and how can you do things more in your way? How can you be more in touch with who you are, with your values, with your tone, your, unique selling proposition who are you like answering that question we have a lot of fear in that area as well so then I have hello failure hello rejection hello so all these fears that just prevents us from becoming our best self the best version of ourselves and and that's the premise of the book 10 fears that mm. limit us in so many ways and i just want to um like take down all those mm. barriers mm-hmm.
0: and so so let's back up and start with first of all you sound like you have an east coast accent <laughs> is that <laughs> i know that's not true where where are you actually originally from
1: uh, actually uh- Actually, uh, you see, I, I can't even speak English. I am learning English in this conversation right now. This I is my it. first conversation but in English. M-
0: mine too. Mine too. I'm yeah. <laughs> Right. We're, we'll struggle through together. So, so, <laughs>
1: so, so you actually. I'm originally from um, Caracas, Venezuela. Oh, right I like America. the way you say
0: that too, because I would say Caracas. So see, you're teaching me. So I like the way you say it much better. Caracas, Venezuela.
1: Caracas, Caracas, Caracas no
0: accent. And then and then uh, Caracas is no accent and then Venezuela. Is that close?
1: Yeah, Venezuela. And when Venezuela. you say Venezuela, a lot of people Venezuela. understand Mississippi. <laughs> no. Wait, is it Mississippi or is it Minnesota? No, Minnesota. Soda. So listen
0: like minnesota. uh venezuela venezuela venezuela, venezuela. venezuela.
1: venezuela. and okay. people are like Min- minnesota they always answer minnesota i'm like <laughs> do i look like i'm from minnesota
0: <laughs> well you don't sound like you're from minnesota no, they, they I, f- I don't no not at all and so you were born and raised in venezuela what on earth brought you to the united states
1: so uh, Venezuela was doing really bad when mm-hmm. I was about to get into college. Yes, um, the political situation—it was mm-hmm. so dangerous—and mm-hmm. so I, I already met who my my right now is my husband Adam Mm -hmm. but he was my boyfriend at the time and Mm -hmm. together we decided to move to the United States and start a life here Mm -hmm. and and so we moved and went to college and we didn't even move together we went to different colleges Mm -hmm. in different states Mm -hmm. uh, but we were together and we continue being um, a couple for four years of college and then we got married Mm -hmm. but yeah so it was like a decision that like let's start our life in the United States from scratch and go to college there and that's what brought us here
0: and I'm always so amazed by the that story that that immigration story uh, my father-in-law it actually came from uh, Colombia when he was 13 he, ends up, he he ended up becoming a dentist and had a very a good, you know, full career at being a dentist, but it's just, and he came at 13 on his own with like, I don't know, $50 or $100 or whatever. It's always amazing to me to see people that come to the United States and like, you've been on the Today Show, you've been on Forbes, you've been on CNN, you've been on CBS, you've been on Huffington Post, you've, you've been on a lot of really, you know, high profile programs and and yet you weren't born here you weren't raised here you know it sounds like you didn't really get here until college i just think that's amazing and just the drive and the dedication and the passion that people have when they come here from other you know other other countries um i think that's what not only
1: that (gasps) but as a speaker right now i've been almost all over the united states like name a state and i've (laughs) i've probably been there like i've been Places than any American, and right. even I've been to more places than in my own country, in Venezuela, that oh. I only went to a few, right. you know, places here and there. Normally, I used to vacation outside of the country, and now I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm an American. <laughs>
0: right, well, you're more American than we are, than I am, anyway, <laughs> to your point. I haven't, I haven't been to that many states, not even half, I would guess, but the so, so you moved here, um, at what point do you start focusing on on fears? Because obviously, I know this isn't just a passion. You know, for this one book, this seems to be a theme for your whole. You know, your work and what you do. And so, kind of, what led you to say, "Hey, well, I guess what led you? What was your passion behind that?"
1: Well, I, it all started when I I came to the United States. I went to college, then I graduated. I moved to Miami. I st- I got married uh, to my husband, and so I started wondering if this was life, if this is what life is all about. Like, I, I got married young. We were 23 and 25 years old. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll go. I already checked so many boxes. Like, I checked marriage box, I graduated <laughs> from college. I had found a really good job in advertising. I I was living in a very nice building, in a nice apartment. I was like, I checked so many boxes, I'm only 23. Am I supposed to be this comfortable? Like, um, what I realized is that, society teaches you to pursue comfort and promises you that you'll be happy if you achieve comfort but what i was starting to realize at that point is that comfort doesn't bring you happiness so i started wondering where is my happiness and so i started going to therapy to try to see you know within myself like where is my happiness i can't see it uh it's not that i am unhappy i'm just so comfortable I'm just so bored right now and what's next do I have children so early and then what buy a home and then what you know what what, what's the next thing I don't know through therapy I realized that I should i should move to new york and see what happens there get a little bit uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and so i found out about this branding program at the school of visual arts it was really hard to get in but i put all of my energy and effort into it Mm -hmm. and i was one of the 25 people that gets in a year um, for that program and that was my ticket to new york i convinced my husband to move with me (laughs) that was was good (laughs) very important (laughs) right yeah And so uh, when I was in New York, I, I was like, I wanted to live life to the fullest, but I realized that my fears were not allowing me to do so. That's when I decided to start this project called 100 Days Without Fear, where I challenged myself to face 100 fears in 100 days. And I documented the entire process on YouTube from the smallest things that were living my everyday life to fears I never thought that I would be able to conquer. And that is where my story with fear begins. So fear has been part of my life Mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. But for me, New York is like the sign that told me it's about time for you to go after your fears, not as a way to defy death, but as a way to enjoy life to the fullest.
0: Thank you for listening to the Bright Vibe podcast today. We've got a special event coming up here shortly, July 12th through the 16th, called the Global Happiness Summit. And we're bringing resources from around the country together to talk about happiness and what that means and how to have more of that in our lives. Go to brightvibe.com, dot V-I-B-E.com for more information about the Global Happiness Summit. And we look forward to seeing you July 12th through the 16th. And so, and this is fascinating and that's, uh, you know, I'm so happy that you came on the show, but... You, you, a hundred fears in a hundred days. So that just seems like a lot of work, too. I mean, that's not just because <laughs> I'm thinking. So, so give us some examples of like some of the things that you did, and certainly I encourage everybody to go to, I'm sure it's still up on YouTube. I did not go look, I looked at some of the other stuff. But, uh, so what are some of the things you did to overcome fears? Because I think some of them were pretty extreme.
1: Yeah, so it started very mild like I started doing things that I avoided for years and years for example I never like held a cat in my life <laughs> I, I even <laughs> lived so stupid
0: but so you, I lived you never held a cats. cat okay so no <laughs> you live with I two cats
1: two cats in college and i never touched the cats even if they were in my bed i would like wait 30 minutes for them to get get down because i would fear, not touch now, them.
0: i have not heard i've not heard people having a fear of cats so you're the first person i've ever heard of that has a fear of cats so so you'd never in your life and how old were you at this point when you did the 100 days of fear were you in your
1: i was 26 27 okay, 26 27
0: never touched a cat yeah <laughs>
1: No, I was afraid of scratches or something. Oh, yeah. like, I, I don't know. I was like, right. yeah, I'm like, I don't know. They don't look, I can't trust them. So, and then for example that, or I got uh, a Brazilian wax. I got uh, my ears pierced. You'd never, Things oh, wait, like, wait, 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 like, you didn't yeah.
0: have your ears pierced to this point?
1: When I was born, they did that, but yeah, I yeah. wanted like second, oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. more okay. piercings or something. Yeah, right, I right. never dared to do any of that, so I I tried all these little things, and I was terrified. It was like very terrifying. It was like day one, my first thing. I think it was I tried oysters for the first time, oh, so right, I yeah. always avoided putting those. Right. Disgusting things in my <laughs> mouth. Yeah, because it, it was like doing things that are outside of my comfort zone. That's right. the
0: yes, of premise
1: course. of the project. It's your fears. And so yeah. I started there. But then, little by little, I started building up this inner courage that helped me tackle bigger things. And then in uh, after day 40, the project went viral. And so I had a lot of pressure, a, a lot of people watching, a lot of hate haters to saying, oh. I don't get it. Those are things I do in my day-to-day, like driving at night. Why is that scary? Like Things like that that I would avoid. It's a very personal project. Yeah. I didn't do this to get famous. I just right. did it for myself. It was right. very personal. Yeah. Um, and so suddenly this is out there all over the media, even like Ashton Kutcher is tweeting about it. Oh, and, really? And yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like insane. And so I felt the pressure. And it, I think it was like... Positive pressure yes, and very right. like had healthy pressure. Yeah, it's like okay, Michelle. Yeah, you already did all those things. And what's next? So I did things like post nude in front of an art class. That was like one of the <laughs> biggest ones for sure. And,
0: and, and, <laughs> um, and, and you videoed that and put that on YouTube. That's interesting. Okay, that's on
1: YouTube. That's okay. on YouTube.
0: People,
1: people, are actually very disappointed because what they get at <laughs> the surprising. end. What they see is the drawing.
0: Oh, gotcha. Not, not, no, yeah, yeah. The I Get you.
1: You you get to see like my feet. It was really hard to record all of these things. Yeah. Like imagine I went by myself. I even asked my husband, "Can you help me?" Because he would help me in many of these. Yeah. But he's like, "No, I'm not going to watch you, you know, getting naked <laughs> in front of a class. I'm not. Not that's too extreme." That's so funny. I, I had to put the camera below my feet yeah. to just like show people in the back oh, drawing, right. yeah. but yeah Um yeah and so it's it's really interesting you should actually check out the project yeah. it's uh, 100dayswithoutfear.com you can find okay. it online oh, or, or on it. YouTube yeah. and um, yeah and then also I did for example I quit my job oh. I did skydiving mm-hmm. I held a tarantula so I went from a cat to a, to tarantula, a tarantula, tarantula you see <laughs> yeah
0: progression yeah
1: <laughs> I did um, stand-up comedy. That was a really Ooh. big one, very scary, doing st- in a club oh. in New York. Like, people oh, are yeah. expecting to laugh. They th- thought I was a real comedian, <laughs> and right. I'm definitely not. So, uh, you know, we did all sorts of things. We had to get really creative in order to actually uh, do 100. I even crashed a wedding at one of the most, like, at the fanciest hotel in New York. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, so, so I was even just wondering about the logistical thing of having to come up with something every day to conquer. I'm like, I, to your point, I think we get, why are we picking up echo again, Troy? We're just going to roll with it. All right. I'll try it. So, I mean, for at day 40, I think I'm already done. I think I've already like addressed, but I, so you just had to keep kind of just saying if there's something else I'm afraid of, is there something else I'm afraid of?
1: Well, so it was not easy to come up with a list. And what I did is I came up with the first 20 things that are like the typical 20 things that I've been avoiding my whole life and that I know I am afraid of those things. And then after that, and this was even before starting the project that I came up with that short list. Then I went to Facebook Uh because I was not even on Instagram. It was, this was 2015. And I asked my Facebook friends, can you suggest fears for me to face? And if I can relate to your fears, I will do them and then give you credit. And so I got, a, uh, I don't know, like 60 comments in there of people suggesting fears. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were really interesting, things that I never even thought about, but that when I look, think of them, I'm like, yeah, that would be very outside of my comfort zone so let me try it Um, and that's how I got from 20 to 60 things in total Mm -hmm. and then when the project went viral I forgot that I had my email at the end of the list because you could actually (laughs) see the list it was public before I faced the fears and the last thing was like I need more fears email me And so my email was there, so it went viral and I started receiving hundreds of emails from people all over the world suggesting things like, you should try this, you should try that. And it was really fun because what I started doing is that I would credit the people that were suggesting the fears. And so if I, for example, uh, did karaoke one night, Mm -hmm. then I would go to my email and, find who suggested karaoke and maybe 15 people did but I emailed those 15 people like thanking them for their suggestion and saying here's the video of me doing what you suggested. So this what ended up happening is that people felt part of the project and Mm -hmm. they were like "Ah, I suggested that and she did it she listened to me and so they would start to promote the project as if they're part of it and this helped virality grow even bigger because even the people from the beginning from my Facebook group that suggested ideas were so proud that this thing they saw from the beginning turned into something so everybody was promoting this like crazy and it just uh, blew up.
0: How many people at the end were kind of, at the end of the project, were kind of tuning in at that point?
1: Well, I went from like zero followers on Mm -hmm. YouTube where I started doing the project to like 23,000 people around that. Uh Yeah. So and and yeah. And, and videos had very high. Oh yeah. Um, you know a lot of views because everybody was following. And if one day I would not show up, people would be emailing me, "Are you okay? Did you die during
0: <laughs> your next year?" Did, and yeah. then did the your way- cat allergy kill you? <laughs> right. Yes,
1: towards like um, the end of the project, people were so sad that it was going to end because they're like, we don't want this to end. We would love to get inspired by you every day, oh. facing your fears. Yeah, so it was really nice too. I felt well a lot of accountability Mm -hmm. by having so many people and that's i think why i finished the project and also so so much support from Mm -hmm. random people from strangers that were so loyal to this project
0: (laughs) yes definitely definitely so then where did where did you take that and again i'm assuming then from that uh the book comes along at some point right but what what uh where did you go from there so you did the hundred days and then i'm sure there was a little bit of just like oh, that was amazing, but thank God it's over, to some degree, I'm sure. And then, and, yeah. then, and then what did you do?
1: So it was a relief, but at the same time, it was a lot of, um, I was facing the unknown, because I got used to this right. every day, facing a fear, a lot of attention, right. I'm in the middle of a project, And then when I was about to hit the last fear, uh, there was a lot of like, what's next? I didn't know. And I already quit my job, as one of my fears. So I was like, I have no idea what's coming up. And I need to figure it out because it's my life. Like, it's not a project anymore. And so Mm. I decided to uh, face my fear of public speaking as my 100th fear. And so Mm. I reached out to TEDx. I told them that I had this project and that I have a lot of things that I would like to share with the world like things that I'm learning along the way and so they loved the idea they brought me in and so I spoke at TEDx Houston and uh, that changed my career I went from being an art director working in advertising to suddenly becoming a speaker because after doing TEDx I realized that I that was my passion I'm like being on stage is my passion so I have to keep doing this
0: and so so and was it literally a hundred days or or was it I mean basically three months we're saying
1: Well, so it started with the thought of I have to finish in 100 days. Um, And then towards the end of the project, I started to take every day more serious. Because I was like, oh, I only have 30 left or 20 left. I need to make them count. At the beginning, I'm like, I have too many. Like, Let me just, I I did some silly things like eat Harry Potter beans. Have you tried those? They have like, it's like gummies, but with... They have flavors like vomit. Oh or, uh, no. yeah, like no, rotten no. egg and no. things like that. It was a, no. you see, it's scary. It is scary. <laughs> no, it's disgusting. That was one of my fears. Yes. It's disgusting. Yeah. So I did silly things like that, but towards the end, I'm like, no, what are my real fears and how right. do I face this? Like the project's going to end. I want to make sure that I really, really, um, you know, take mm-hmm. advantage of this opportunity that I have. And so um, I started taking more time. For example, I want to go camping. So that takes more days. I need to oh, plan gotcha, this. I need gotcha, to go. Gotcha. And yep, yep. So it ended up being maybe four months instead okay. of three. Okay, around but that. still. very, yeah, so, very
0: so, so basically you went from kind of one place in life to a whole nother place in life in four months. I guess that was the point I was trying yeah. to make is this wasn't a, like a four-year degree or a, hey, I'm going to do this, but it, but it also, you know, some, we talk about it quite a bit on the show. It's like it's more important to make incremental steps than one giant leap, but it sounds like you just made a hundred incremental steps in a very, uh, very proactive and very a short amount of time but it's still it was step by step by step by step by step you didn't just like do all hundred fears in a day or anything right I mean yeah you, you, you did process it so I think it's just for me it's always good to remember that so much can be accomplished when you truly have focus and you truly have an intention behind it and then usually it changes mm-hmm. you more than you even know I would imagine I mean coming out of that yeah I'm sure you're who you were coming out of that four months was different than the person coming in and probably in ways that you would have never, I guess, what would be some of the things that you, awarenesses that you had through that period that you had no clue that that was going to happen, I guess. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So, of course, the main one was I wanted to be braver. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be fearless, which I realized like can't be fearless because I still have so many fears and every day when you unlock a fear it brings maybe another set of fears that you didn't even know existed like you're like oh I want to be on TEDx and then let me face the fear. Fear of um, reaching out and, and you know and, and pitching my idea and then when you do it and they say yes you're like oh my god I need to face a fear of public speaking now like you know everything that you do takes you to another stage which brings a different kind of fear so I was what I realized is you will never be fearless but you can be brave right. and, it, it, and it's like almost the opposite, because being fearless means doing the things that don't scare you. So that's not even inspiring, that's right. not empowering for anybody. Being brave is what is, is inspiring. That's why people resonated so much with the project, because they were not seeing a fearless girl show up on camera. Right. They were seeing this very fearful person <laughs> show up again and again, and they could resonate with that feeling, and that's why they got so inspired, and I realized like that's what I needed growing up, a role model, just like what I am being right now for other people. I needed mm-hmm. to see someone with a lot of fear that I can relate to, but that still shows up. That's what I never saw. I've, most leaders hide their fears, and they just pretend they have everything figured out, and I couldn't relate to anybody, so I was not really inspired by anybody. And and that's what I tapped into, like, my vulnerability of showing my fear again and again um, is what connected so well with people. And so at the end of the day, I was like, I need to continue doing this, not in the physical form of facing one fear a day, but talking about difficult things and just being a role model in the everyday life how do i overcome my fear of rejection uh, as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. you know all these little things that people face on their faces in their day to day and um well another interesting realization is that I went viral, which made me famous. So I went from being no one, like nobody knew who I was and I always wanted to be known. I always mm-hmm. wanted to be on the spotlight. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, ha- I have something to share. I have like a lot of potential, but I don't know where it is it or how to put it out there. And finally I'm on the news. And so that was also an interesting realization, like how I reacted to that. Uh-huh. Cause I thought like just the fact of me being on the media was going to be like the best experience of my life and then suddenly it wasn't and then i'm like
0: it feels so weird i'm out there i'm the same person for people who, who who aren't in front of the camera uh how how was it how was it different than you expected i guess just to put it in perspective
1: so I thought the feeling of fulfillment yes. was going to be there once I hit the media the media, but it was not. And so what when the feel, when I started actually feeling fulfilled was when I started reading comments from people around the world saying that they were inspired by my project. Right. And then I'm like, Wow, this is amazing. Like fulfillment doesn't come from exposure, it comes from impact.
0: Yes. The I more love that. lives I love you that. impact, yep.
1: the more good you feel on the inside and the more purpose you find in your life so it's not about just being out there for the sake of being out there right you know it's being out there because you're actually making a dent in the world for good and and Mm -hmm. that's what moved me now so every time that I get a message saying I read your book and it changed my life or I did Mm -hmm. your course and it completed I'm like that's the only thing I needed to read that day in order to keep going even Mm -hmm. if it's hard even if I'm tired even if I'm doubting myself because I still do I still doubt myself you know that doesn't go away right Um, yeah but those are the things that keep me going and that was a good realization
0: (laughs) definitely definitely and I think You know, as people lean into, as I've leaned more into my purpose, it, it, to your point, drives you in a different way. You're not, and I think it also drives you, you know, I was driven a lot of my life by fear. So my success was driven because I didn't want to be unsuccessful, right? So it was more of, I was doing, working harder and putting in longer hours and making more money because I was afraid of, of being, of not having that. And then at some point it's kind of changed more of how do I help impact the world? How do I help other people? How do I bring people together? Right? How do I help people understand their purpose? And so I think it it does shift and it is a ton more fulfilling. You, you, there's not enough gas in the tank to outrun fear, right? I mean, there's just not. But when you're doing it out of a helping others fill up, then it's like a, it's kind of like I've heard the phrase, you know the the one thing that you get more and more of when you give, it's love, right? The more love you give, the more you actually fill up with love, right? It's not a depletion. If, mm-hmm. it's, if it's truly love, we're not talking about codependency, but if you're truly loving and, and doing it from a loving spot space without need for reciprocation or accolades or the other, if you're truly doing it from a loving space, all you get is more and more of that, right? And so... I think when you're talking about fulfillment I guess that just made me think of that phrase of it you you just get full right no matter how tired you are you're you're filling up versus depleting
1: Exactly yes and I think it also applies to courage like the the more oh, yes. courage you know you put out into mm-hmm. the world the more I feel like you get rewarded like what I feel is that the universe rewards the brave ones mm-hmm. and so it's important that every day we do something that scares us. And I'm not just saying this, but it's like the small things, like yeah. just asking for something that you actually want, but you don't have the courage to do it, do it. I feel like whenever we do that, the more of that we do, the more the universe like rewards us and, and shows us that, yes, I'm here for you, keep going. <laughs> That's how I felt like.
0: And did you get examples then of people doing uh, their, overcoming their fears then? I mean, if you're doing all these fears and you have all these people commenting, are you inspiring then people to say, uh, did you have people comment like, oh, I overcame the fear of this, or I, you know, ate, I don't know, uh, gluten-free bread or whatever <laughs> whatever the case may be, but, but uh, what, did you get that feedback?
1: Yes, actually, uh, by the end of the project, what I asked is I, everybody that was following, mm-hmm. I've put a video out there asking people to send me their videos talking to camera saying one fear that they overcame through the project. And I received so many videos and I put it together. So actually you can find that on my website on 100dayswithoutfear.com or on my YouTube and it's so inspiring. I actually show this video at the end of all my presentations uh, and you see everybody crying because there are oh. people saying like, I started from scratch for the second time in my life. I quit my job because I wanted to pursue my passion. I moved from Europe to the United States because I wanted oh, to, wow. you know, like people just started talking about really big and even small things that they did that completely changed their life and it's all inspired by the Hello Fears movement so I was very inspired by that Um, and it was like kids from like 15 you know 13 years old to Mm -hmm. adults in their 60s that started facing their fears and, and I just realized how universal this is we all have fears doesn't matter where you're from or how old you are we all have fears and what i realize is that there are three kinds of fears we have universal fears cultural fears and um, personal fears so Mm -hmm. i focus on all those three but more specifically on cultural fears because i get very frustrated by cultural fears i that's why i even started talking about chapter three of my book hello society like Mm -hmm. just to see people that have so much potential and that they don't get to fulfill that because they're too afraid of what other people might say Mm -hmm. of them. You know, those are the things that frustrate me the most. And I want to encourage people to like, stop thinking about what others want from you and look inside. That's one of my biggest like uh, missions right now is Mm -hmm. to help people just be more honest with themselves, like look inside, actually get in touch with your own desires. And then Let's have the courage. Let's let's work together on fulfilling those.
0: And then currently, how are you? I guess that's that's a great segue into kind of what you're doing now. So, um, I, I think I've read that you and your husband uh, kind of are in business together, and you have a new baby, right? So you have three of you in the business, right? Because you're getting exactly because edu- you've got a little teacher teaching you every day about new things, right? <laughs> so how- we
1: have a new boss. You yes. have a new boss. <laughs> yes, I've
0: I've got a I've I've got a new. Uh, well, we, I've got a s- almost seven-year-old and a two-year-old, and I ate lunch with a two-year-old today. And, yes, I definitely have a boss. We had to dance in the in the restaurant. We had to do things, you know, get the mints she likes and all this fun stuff. So how old is your little, how old's your little one?
1: Uh, Fifteen months.
0: Fifteen months. Oh, great age. Th- that's, that's fun. Walking and starting to make all kinds of sounds and... Yeah. So, uh, so what are you, in, uh, I guess, what are you focused on now uh, as far as your mission and your passion to help people? How are you facilitating that, I guess, is my question.
1: Well, so I am so happy that the world is opening up again yes. and we get to travel again because this was really weird two years for us because I am a professional keynote speaker, basically. Right. We, Me and my husband, we used to travel every two days, every three days to a different city to deliver wow. my speech. And right. so, yeah, it was very, very intense. We were living in New York City. We were Actually, not even living in New York City. I mean, we had an apartment there, but we were (laughs) never there. Right. Yeah. So we decided to move to Miami. Then everything closes. The pandemic starts. We get pregnant. So, Mm -hmm. like, everything changes in our life. And suddenly everything started to open up again. And I'm starting to travel again, being on stage again. And now, this time, the three of us. So um, I used to only travel with Adam, my husband. Now I travel with Adam and Noah. And it's really, really fun. Actually, I love to see him on stage with me. He comes to my AV checks like he's getting used to the speaking world the traveling world Uh, we travel eight times just the last month he's been on almost 30 planes yeah already so yeah yeah and besides that because we do want to spend more time home and we don't want to make it too heavy for him Mm -hmm. um, we Mm -hmm. also created like developed um, an online program called Mm -hmm. um, being just being unapologetically you it's about how to sell authentically and unapologetically where i teach people basically how to get rid of the cultural fears and how to put themselves out there, how to have the courage to expose themselves in a more authentic and real way. Because I'm tired of um, people just being everybody the same. I'm tired of filters. I'm tired of everybody comparing themselves and wanting to be one more. I want to help people just be one of a kind. I mean, we already are one of a kind. It's a matter of um, having the courage to put the Inside out, and that's what I want to help people to do. That's what mm-hmm. I've been helping people to do. I started this in the pandemic, yes. Um, developing this, we already have over 4,000 students in our oh program. Yeah, and something both the speaking and the program, and that's yeah, and, and figuring out life with a baby.
0: still. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think that ever ends. <laughs> for my, I'm, I'm several years in, and yeah, I think it just never ends. You're just always figuring it out. Every time you get it to the point where you think you've mastered it, yeah, something changes, and <laughs> you're off on a new adventure for sure. They're great little teachers. So that's amazing. So you've had four thousand, you have four thousand students that have enrolled in your uh, online virtual program. Is that? And then, is it something you do weekly lives, or is it all self-guided, or how does it how does that work?
1: Yeah, so it started as a live class uh-huh. where every Saturday I would connect and deliver like a two, three, four hour oh, class wow. um, where I teach about courage, authenticity, mm-hmm. personal branding, community building, and mm-hmm. social media in general, like how to build a community around your message and become a thought leader. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I did. So I like I see so much value in that that I wanted to teach others how to, how to actually get to that point. Um, and at this point, you can just self, you know, do it yeah. self-guided, right. uh, just get the, the pre-recorded version and be on your, like, your own mm-hmm. pace. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. And then you said you're starting to travel more. Um, is it typically corporate type stuff where you're doing corporate talks or association talks or just kind of who's, who's usually reaching out and saying, hey, will you come do this or do that, I guess?
1: well so a lot of corporations and associations mainly and a lot of like women group diversity and inclusion um whenever a company is struggling or going through a change because i when i talk about overcoming fear so they're like we are going to ask people to come back to the office can you come and speak to us before we announce that (laughs) so people are a bit more open you know to the possibility so i the main thing people take away is turning Obstacles into opportunities. That's what happened to me, right? I, I used to perceive every fear as a huge obstacle, and like, no, I can't go that way because uh, there's a huge fear there. So let me keep going this way. And what I realized is like, no, whenever you encounter a big fear, that's where you have to go. That is the right way. So um, that's what I teach them through my presentation, and and they're definitely more willing to um take more risks invest more in themselves uh raise their hands more suggest more bold ideas so um you know big corporations that have like a growth mindset Mm -hmm. love to bring me in and um see how their employees tap into their full potential but by by just daring to be more themselves
0: yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it totally makes sense. And it's just, it's so fundamental. Why is it so darn hard, right? It's fundamental to think I need to do this because I know I need to lean in and I need to overcome my fears. But why is it so darn hard to do it? What, what's that? Is it just human nature? Is it just the conditioning? Is it, what makes it so challenging, right? Why doesn't everybody just say, oh yeah, I'm afraid of this, so I'm just gonna go do it, right? I'm afraid of tarantulas. I'm gonna hold one and get one as a pet.
1: A few reasons why we don't do it. Um I would think the like let me think, is I have like too many <laughs> bombarding me into my head. And I'm like, I wanna get so, the best one.
0: What are the voices telling um, you to
1: do? Okay. <laughs> it's telling me. My voice is telling okay, me. <laughs> okay, two. No, it's actually the fear failure mm-hmm. what prevents us from taking those risks. And what I uncovered throughout this process is that the enemy of success is not failure, it's comfort. Right. That is a huge realization. Every time we choose not to do this thing, we are failing mm-hmm. because we're choosing to stay where we are, right? Mm-hmm. And, be, and why do we do that? Because we want to avoid failure, but failure can only bring us closer to our success. We think that failure can drive us away from success, and it's quite the opposite. Comfort can drive us away from success. Comfort is the one thing that will tell you to continue doing the things you've always done them instead of innovate, right? Comfort will tell you to stare at your phone instead of sparking a conversation with a person sitting right next to you. Maybe that person was your next next investor Mm -hmm. or your next client. But no, it's more comfortable to be in our phone, so we're driving away from success by just choosing comfort again and again and so um, that is the main thing why we don't do the things we have to do because of um, fear of failure and choosing comfort Um, and also because we focus on the risk more than we focus on the reward so Mm -hmm. we're always telling ourselves that things will go wrong, that um, we will regret it. And so every time we think about maybe raising our hands to suggest an idea, or we're about to invest on our business, or maybe, you know, do something very different, or whatever it is, we think, uh, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? You will regret it. Like, all these fears start to pop into our head and builds a brick wall, like the one I have behind me. Every fear is a different brick, right? And so we can't see past that. That is why I teach people in my presentation, through storytelling and all of that, um, one of my uh, most important tools, which is asking yourself what's the best that can happen instead of asking yourself what's the worst that can happen. When you ask yourself what's the worst that can happen, the brick wall starts to appear because all those little <laughs> fears and, and negative thoughts, you know, it's the worst that can happen. But when we ask ourselves, what's the best that can happen? We're focusing on the rewards as opposed to the risk. And that's the only thing that will trigger our brain to choose action um there's no way to choose action if we're if we're being limited by Mm -hmm. our fears and our insecurities that's why we need to see that there is a possibility of things going in the right direction which we forget like for example when i'm about to go on stage the first thing I'm thinking, I'm terrified. I'm shaking. I see all the people. I see 3,000 people in front of me and I'm like, what if I fail? What if I forget what I have to say? What if technology fails, right? right? What if I fall down? Yeah. What if What if they don't laugh? What if right. they don't care? You know, what if they don't resonate? So I start thinking all that and what happens in my body? I start experiencing mm-hmm. a lot of fear. I start shaking. I even start yawning because I'm mm-hmm. telling my brain that I need more oxygen. It's insane. Um, but then I have to always remind myself of that question. Wait, Michelle, what's the best that can happen and I'm like what if everything goes right what if they mm-hmm. love it right. what if they laugh and you know get inspired what if I don't forget what I have to say what if I leave today thinking it was the best presentation I've ever done so whenever I think about mm-hmm. all those case scenarios then that's when I'm more willing to go out and crush it
0: right definitely Well, th- that was really yeah poignant and I think a good way to summarize I think what happens to all of us at uh, you know pretty much uh, to some degree probably every day when we're pulling back or not leaning all the way in or not playing fully out so i love it so how do people stay connected with you how do they get a hold of you what how can they be a michelle a michelle polar fan like i now am so how well, what's your fan club what, <laughs> where where do they go
1: so they can meet me on Instagram okay. uh, at Hello Fears on Instagram or Michelle Polar, my personal account, both yeah. work. I talk about motherhood in my personal account and, oh. you know, being a real person. And then I'd be as a speaker on Hello Fears and mm-hmm. inspiration and all of that. And then I would highly encourage everybody, if you want to um, dig deeper mm-hmm. into the subjects that I've been talking about today, definitely go get the book. Oh, yes. uh, it's a great way to, to like start in this. Hello, Fierce World. Also, the book I just have to say, and you can't see it because I don't have it here in my hand, but it's so cute. (laughs) It's so colorful. (laughs) It's very colorful because I am a designer. I'm a designer. I care. Yes it's so cute I care about design so much so right. on the inside is so colorful like so instagrammable and there are a lot of exercises because I have to be really honest with you I don't read books I, don't, right. I get easily bored right. I can't focus and so I was like how do I read a book that like how do I write a book that I would read and so it's filled with like exercises um, opportunities for you to like write things down and uh, like fold things and it's like also very interactive mm-hmm. uh, very fun and a lot of like storytelling and it's a very easy to understand and like an easy read because it's just me talking to you like if i am talking to a friend so it's a a fun read that i know has impacted the lives of so many so i'm very proud of that book i highly recommend it
0: (laughs) yes beautiful i would highly recommend it as well so well thanks so much for coming on and visiting with us today and hopefully uh, as things progress we'd love to check in with you in a couple months and see how Things are continuing to go and kind of the new adventures and certainly, uh, baby adventures and all of the fun stuff you're learning with, (laughs) with that. That's uh, a, it's a never ending, a never ending adventure. So thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: It is. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you everybody for tuning in.
0: Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E by com. Thank you for listening.